Kia ora Victoria McLennan toko ingoa. Welcome to Bridging the Gap, a podcast that celebrates diversity here in Aotearoa, New Zealand's digital technology industry. I'm the CEO of IT Professionals, Te Pō Hangarau Nayo. From developers to programmers, product managers to designers, this field is filled with a wide range of individuals who bring unique perspectives and skills to their mahi. Join us as we delve into the stories and experiences of those who strive to bridge the gap and foster a more inclusive and thriving digital technology community here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Today, I'm joined by the fabulous Izzy Lithgow from Safe Advisory. Kia ora, Izzy. Kia ora, Vic. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love this pop of colour that you've got, if anyone can see this on the screen. Tell me about Safe the colours. Safe Advisory Purple. Is it? Um, yep. So this is our, our brand colour. Um, we did a little bit of branding work a little while ago. And so I got the pleasurable job of working through every security website uh, of a New Zealand security company. Um, and about 90% of them are blue um, and the other few are red. Um, so we decided to be something else. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure that, yeah, and it's, it'll differentiate you, right? And stand out. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. <laughs> right, well, getting right into this and welcome to, to joining me and thank you. Um, to help us get to know you, why don't you give our listeners a bit of an elevator pitch or barbecue pitch, whatever you want to call it, on who you are and what you do in the digital technology industry. Cool. So um, I'm a principal consultant at a small security consultancy called Safe Advisory, and my specialty area is cyber communications. Um, so I work with uh, everyday people, boards, executives, and everyone in between to help them understand security issues and language and concepts that make sense to them um the other specialty area that i focus on is on incident response um so helping people through those cyber incidents that we always know are kind of looming in the background um but hope aren't going to happen to us oh sounds really interesting but how did you get here how did you get into cyber communications what did you do before this yeah so um I spent, so I uh, studied communications at university. Um, I always thought I would be a comms person, and I was for about 10 years um, before I uh, took a role at Certain New Zealand on the establishment team. So Certain New Zealand, the computer emergency response team for New Zealand, um, are a cyber response team for all New Zealanders. It's a construct that exists around the world, um, and this was New Zealand's first step into having an organisation of that type. So it's run out of government, but it was a whole new way of thinking about bringing cybersecurity knowledge to the people, to the technical community, and to the business community as well. So I spent almost five years over there uh, using my, my PR and communication skills, but also getting super interested in, in cybersecurity. So once I, I moved on from that role, I spent some time working in different agencies across government, uh, helping people talk about cybersecurity. Uh, and now I've moved into consulting, so just broadening that skill and that kind of, um, you know, those techniques and tools out to more different types of people as well. That's really cool. So you kind of come from a different context, but blending that into tech, which is just so awesome. And But what that'll mean, though, is you're not a traditional techo, right? And you're working in the digital technology industry. 
and you're a woman working in this industry, which is predominantly male-dominated. So I'm guessing you've had some challenges that you've had to overcome through the years. So can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, I really think of my diversity as my strength. Um, I think that the the skills that I can bring into cybersecurity are things that very few of my peers can do. You know, so that, that proves my value straight away, but it also makes people think harder about the work they do. So being from a comms background, um, which is a highly female-dominated industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was a really different step to move into a very male-dominated industry. But but comms is very, the community is very used to challenging each other, challenges itself. And so because of that, I'm pretty resilient. I'm pretty tough when it comes to kind of holding my own in a room in a conversation in any type of environment. Um, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes not so good. Um, but it meant that I kind of had a, a whole bunch of tools in my toolkit to deal with challenging situations, uh, regardless of the subject matter. So that was really, really helpful to me. But yeah, definitely have had a ton of challenges. You know, I I don't come from a, a technical background. I have technical training now, but that's definitely not where where I originally came from. Um, but I'm not afraid to ask dumb questions. Um, you know, and people say there are no dumb questions, but trust me, as the asker of some of them, I can guarantee some of them are pretty bad. Um, but being able to kind of throw yourself into an environment is one of the things that I found, you know, really helpful but on the flip side, I was in a really safe environment. You know, when I first stepped into the tech role, I was with a, a fabulous bunch of people who were so keen on on upskilling each other, whether it was the security folks upskilling me on security or me upskilling them on comms. There was a real balance of people knowing that there was a contribution to be made from every side, which isn't the environment that everyone's going to find themselves in. You know, so I, I can't put enough credit to the broader environment that let me in because if it had been one of those more challenging situations, I may not have continued, you know, and I think that that's one of the challenges for minorities in tech is that actually if your first nudge at stepping through the door is a hard one, you know, why would you continue? Yeah, it's hard to get that sense of belonging, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It sounds like you had an, you know, a fantastic first experience and a great supportive team. Was there anything in particular about the characteristics of that team that you bring to, um, that you've taken with you to other teams that you work with? Yeah, I think the number one thing, um, and that's whether I'm looking for it in other teams I'm working with or also when I'm looking at recruiting people, mm. is curiosity, Right. Nice. You know, people being curious, being interested, interested in testing ideas and pulling on threads and kind of seeing where ideas take you rather than being set in stone about way thing, what the way that things could be or should be, you know, because it's the way we've always done it. So I think that that eyes open curiosity, that's what kind of, that's what I love about the work that I do. Well, that's a really nice way of looking at it. And you also said before about your comms background, you know, and bringing that capability into an industry that traditionally doesn't hasn't really valued comms, right? We're all waking up to the fact that this is actually one of the most important skills. Um, can you just tell us what 
you think are some of the other unique things that women often bring into this workforce and into into teams and into this environment? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that one of the things um, that I have found and compared with with other women that I've worked with in the past um, is a, a a more cautious mindset. So not going into things uh, thinking that you're the best or the brightest or the smartest in the room, but actually going in to ask questions, you know, and that imposter, you know, they can very quickly tip into imposter syndrome, right? But if you can harness that uncertainty to show that that is something that others may experience, whether that's customers or clients or other peers, that can be a really useful trait to go into a conversation with. Um, I also think that, um, and this is probably more from my non-tech side than from being a woman in tech, but because my background is so different, you know, being able to really lean into that and mm. saying to people, look, I'm, this isn't my bread and butter. I'm happy to be here. I've got a huge contribution to make, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions along the way. And, you know, that is what we need to be doing. It's the way we need to be thinking because the people who use our products or who are our clients, you know, they're not all homogenous. They're not all of one type. And so they're going to be thinking of it in different ways too. So that kind of leads in really nicely to something else I wanted to ask you about. If For anyone who's out there listening to this, whether they're young and considering a future job in technology or whether they're working in another career like you have done and considering changing into this mind-blowingly wonderful industry, what's one piece of advice that you'd like to give them? Uh, I think I have different advice for the different types of people. Yeah, that'd so be I great. Think that for, for new people, um, I would say there is a place for you, regardless of where you come from, what you've trained in, who you are. Uh, tech and cybersecurity specifically desperately needs people but we need to be able to make product that is useful for people. And so don't discount your ability to lean into something like tech or cybersecurity just because it's not been something that's been on your radar before. Um, you know, I, I was like the worst tech person. I was excited about technology and doing nothing secure um, before I stepped into cybersecurity. Um, but I thought it was interesting and cool. Um, and then for career changes, you know, and career changes is something I'm super passionate about because I see so much um, cookie cutter in the industry mm. and not necessarily in a bad way, but, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of skills that are super interchangeable. Then there's a few oddballs who kind of stand in the corner at the networking events and talk to each other. Um, and the value that that diversity can bring, the value those different skill sets can bring in is just huge. You know, I sometimes think that that my colleagues think I'm doing some sort of dark magic in the corner um, with stuff that's very kind of, you know, common knowledge in my previous industry. And so it all adds to the strength. It all adds to making stronger, more secure communities. And that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. So just expanding on that, you know, what was the moment or the situation you found yourself in when that made you think, yes, this is what I'm passionate about. This is where I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So most of my comms and PR career was spent, um, you know, as a media advisor, I was doing reactive kind of big, solving big problems, communications. And one of the things that I really loved was doing incident response. 
So I worked in hospital. So we dealt with pandemics, which we're all familiar with now, mm-hmm. but also natural disasters. I worked on the Christchurch earthquake and the Kokoda earthquake. Oh, and wow. I, um, I love leaning into incident response because I love thinking about how to take action when others are unable to. And so when I first, you know, served, started in 2017, and I started there in January, and we launched in April. And by May 2017, there was one of the world's biggest global cyber attacks, WannaCry. It's about three weeks after we launched. Um, it was a little daunting. <laughs> but we did this amazing, world-respected response. Three scared little monkeys sitting in the office, but no one knew that. Um, to this huge global cyber event that was kind of louded around the world. We were one of the first global certs to announce um, the attack and the mitigations against it. And I just thought, oh, there's really a place for me here. Like the stuff I can do adds huge value, regardless of the fact that I could barely spell computer, um, because the, the way I thought about stuff just made our team stronger. And that was such a light bulb moment for me because I'd, you know, I'd been a comms person in all sorts of different environments and never thought, you know, when I was in health, I never thought, oh, well, I'll go and be a doctor. Whereas in cyber, I suddenly thought, oh, there's like a, there's a real true home for me here. So it was a, a really nice aha moment to, to recognize the need for this type of practice in the community. That's really cool. And what a, mind-blowing story that you know that many weeks in in the biggest disaster and you just completely embraced it um and it gave you that aha moment so that's really awesome thanks for sharing that if you're an IT professional or aspiring to be one we encourage you to check us out as New Zealand's only digital technology industry body who is focused exclusively on the people who work in this industry we provide a range of resources events and networking opportunities to help you grow your career and stay up to date with the latest trends and technologies. Visit our website at itp.nz or flick us an email info at itp.nz. Hey um, let's talk a little bit about some of the more exciting things that are happening in this space at the moment and some of them have the potential to really change the face of this industry. What do you think we we really need to be looking at and leaning into? What are you excited about? I, I think that security people aren't very good at being excited about stuff. <laughs> um, we are so often the cautionary tale. Um, but I think uh, from a broader tech uh, kind of line of thinking, I think that there is so much advancement happening all the time. You know, as a security practitioner, sometimes that keeps me up at night. But as a person who's interested in tech, the, the huge range of opportunities for, across the spectrum for people to really specialize, to build product, to build services that is meaningful for specific communities, I think that's super awesome. Um, and in security, selfishly, I don't know if this is a thing to be excited about. Maybe it shows my kind of incident response background, but more people are interested in it now. Right. You know, these big bad things are happening. And so it means that now, you know, security has often been quite an esoteric kind of conversation. Mm. You know, something bad might happen and it could be bad. But now we've got these real life examples to lean on to show how we can improve, to really help people upskill. Or, you know, business has always been a few steps ahead. 
But I think now we're really engaging a conversation with everyday folks about how to look after themselves, how to look after their data and their online personas to be safe out there, which is something that, you know, someone really interested in awareness and helping everyday people. It's really exciting to be able to have a meaningful conversation without kind of desperately begging for someone to want to have a conversation with me about security. And just because everyone's talking about it at the moment, we have these AI products, ChatGPT, Bard, um, Bing Search, all emerging. And from your perspective, are they exciting or are they daunting and scary? Uh, I think they're both. You know, I think that there's there's so much opportunity, um, but I think in particular with um, ChatGPT, which is the one I'm most familiar with, uh, I, the conversations I have with people, uh, um, you know, often these come across a little bit as mansplaining as a service, um, where it's it's all confidence, no evidence. Um, and so, you know, uh, being able to take it with a grain of salt, you know, being able to be mindful of the fact that just because it's telling you something in a really kind of asserted way doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. But I think that it's a huge tool. You know, I think that the more we think about security as saying no to stuff, the more trouble we get into because we've got to create a safe environment for people to test and play with this stuff because it's cool and interesting and clever. So let's make it safe. Let's create a, you know, a fence that people can play within rather than just saying no to stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I definitely know, though, that AI and large language models are definitely keeping a lot of my colleagues up at night. But thank you yeah. about that. So. I think not only in the security space, but all over the all over the spectrum in digital tech and ethics. And, yeah, there's so much to think about. So yeah. if you can invent something to solve a really wicked problem, what wicked problem of the many wicked problems in the world would you want to solve? Um, I, I would have to come back to my, my true love of security, um, Mm -hmm. and finding a way to make security meaningful for people. You know, I think that as practitioners, we're so good at being like, well, like, why aren't you doing this already? Instead of, uh, bringing security into everyday people's worlds. Um, it was part of my job at CERT and it's something that I try to do with my customers and clients now, but it's a really big mindset shift. And I think, if there was a way to help people understand the huge impact it can have on their lives, both positive and negative, you know, that would then make it easier to help them be safer because we want people to be online, right? It's it's the way that the future economy is building and it offers so much opportunity, but at the same time, there's some really scary stuff out there that we as an industry, as a cybersecurity industry, are not super great at explaining to people. Um, And that uh, I think that often from the public side, my poor family get a lot of audience testing from me. Um, (laughs) It's just like, it's not exciting or interesting or relevant to them. So finding a way to bridge that gap, I think would be the one thing that I selfishly for my work would love. I think that's brilliant. And when you think about protecting our tamariki and, and for the future, that's really where we need to get, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Awesome. Right, I'm going to fire some quick-fire questions at you now. If you, the, this question's long, but I want a quick answer. If you could choose between having a robot assistant running around after you or an AI virtual assistant taking all the pain out of your workload, which one would you pick and why? 
100 percent a robot assistant because i have a two-year-old and i think i am already her robot assistant um so if someone could help me in that job that'd be awesome awesome next question what is the best tech gadget in your life oh i have a few um but uh, but i know i'm i love my heat pump that i can control from anywhere i love it i love it it's probably because i'm a wellingtonian and so it's cold um but i there is nothing like coming home to a warm house um and then the other thing i love i think um as a parent particularly is uh my airpods um i love them they do everything for me. They'll read me my emails while I'm tending to some sort of craft project. It, it saves my life every day. I tend to agree, and I just bought yet another pair because then I can have one at home and one at work <laughs> and make sure I don't, if I forget one. Yeah, anyway, oh, first world problems. If you leave one at home. And what is the worst tech gadget that you've bought? Oh, see, I've fallen into that trap as well. <laughs> um, why should they not go in the bin? Uh, well, I, I mean, I did go through many, many, many headphones before I got to the AirPods. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a very sad collection of them. Uh, I've also gone through about, there's about eight mice in my office right now because I just can't find one. It's kind of like searching for the perfect handbag. Um, I just can't find the one that fits my needs. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm a bit of a, um, a perfectionist when it comes to my gadgets. So I'm constantly kind of trying to find the next best thing. Aspiration. Fair enough. Yes. Have you got one top tech tip that you give people? Oh, yes, of course. It's always security stuff. Um, so my true. one top tech tip is um, even though it sounds like the most annoying thing in the world to set up, and it kind of is, get a password manager. It will change your life. Uh, it'll make you more secure, but also then you don't have to remember any of your passwords. I don't know any of my passwords and it's fabulous. I use biometrics. So I use a master password to get into the rest of my passwords. You know, I've probably got 500 passwords in my life and I know they're secure because a beautiful mathematical model is looking after them for me. Uh, and I never have to worry about it. It's fabulous. And they're magically on all of your devices, right? Oh. That's the other great thing. It's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Awesome. Now, a question that you suggested I ask people on this podcast, doom scroll or shut it all down? Oh, doom scroll forever. As a former comms person, uh, you know, I can't help myself. I have to consume, you know, a certain amount of media every day or my heart stops beating. So uh, I've got to doom scroll. I've got to figure out what's going on, what everyone's talking about. The demise of Twitter has been breaking my heart, but, uh, you know, there's always somewhere else to scroll. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, what makes you happy? Oh, lots of stuff makes me happy. Um, but I, um, when I think about it from a tech perspective, um, I, I love my work. I love what I do. I love my industry. Um, I've got this amazing opportunity to work with super smart people who challenge me and let me challenge them every day. And for me, I can't think of anything better. Awesome. Now, if anyone's listening to this and they think, well, I want Izzy to help me with my cybersecurity comms, how do they get hold of you? What's the the URLs and other digits they need to know? Yeah, cool. So you can find us online, obviously, at safeadvisory.co.nz. Otherwise, uh, drop me a connection on LinkedIn. Um, No, I'm there all the time. Again, it's that former comms person. I just can't help myself. (laughs) 
That's awesome. I thank you so much for your time today as I really enjoyed talking to you. That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Kia pai tōra. Thank you for listening. Join me at the next episode of Bridging the Gap.